Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If we really knew who it is that we're praying to, not only would we pray more, we would pray more better, <laughs> more bigger. I know it's not good for an Arab to try to talk pigeon, but there you go. No, think about that. True? Am I right? If we really knew who it is that we're praying to, wouldn't we pray more? This is In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. How much do we forfeit by asking God for too little? Pastor J.D. poses this question today as he teaches on why we pray. We know we should pray, but it's all about who we know and pray to. As our Heavenly Father, we can approach God confidently because of the relationship we have with Him because of Jesus. Ask big. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 1 with part 1 of his message, Why Pray? Let's get into the Word. Again, really looking forward to what the Lord has for us today. We're going to finish Ephesians chapter 1. On Sunday mornings, we're going through Ephesians, having completed Galatians, and we're going through chapter by chapter and verse by verse. And so our text today will be verses 15 through 23. So... Beginning in verse 15, the Apostle Paul is writing, and by the Holy Spirit says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Wow. (laughs) I've titled today's teaching simply, Why Pray? Here at the end of chapter 1, 
The Apostle Paul has turned a corner of sorts going from talking to the Ephesians about the Lord to talking to the Lord about the Ephesians. That in and of itself is, I think, a good takeaway for us. We need to do both. We need to talk to people about the Lord, and we certainly need to talk to the Lord about people. What's interesting is it's not so much that Paul prayed as much as it is when Paul prayed and even what Paul prayed here in this last part of the chapter. First, notice Paul prayed when they were doing well. It's when he heard about their faith in the Lord and their love for God's people that we're told he never stopped thanking God for them. Now, why do I start off like that, and why do I point that out? Because isn't it our tendency to not only only pray, I know that's not proper sentence structure, but you'll bear with me. Isn't it true, though, that we only pray when people are not doing well? And if we do pray for people who are not doing well, isn't it true that once they start doing well that we tend to stop praying for them? Because they're doing well. Paul says, I never stopped. He also says in his epistles that he prays continually, and he exhorts us to pray without ceasing. In other words, have this continual attitude of prayer, a heart of prayer. And certainly the Apostle Paul was a man of prayer, and it's evidenced by what we see here. There's a danger in letting up when we pray for someone, and God hears our prayer, and God answers our prayer, and they start doing well, and It's our tendency to let up. And the problem is, is that Satan never lets up. In fact, I'll take it a step further and suggest that when we do let up, Satan patiently waits that we might do that in order that he might then launch his attack because our guard's down. I had a situation, I was praying for somebody very dear to me, very fervently, praying and even fasting, and God just hearkened unto the voice of my cry, moved his mighty hand as only he can, and as he's always so faithful to. And things just began to go better for them, and then I just kind of let up, didn't pray as much. And oh my goodness, Here's the enemy waiting on standby, as it were, to attack. And boy, did he attack. And I went right back to prayer. And the the thing about prayer, we're going to talk about this, is it's not the length of the prayer. It's the strength of the prayer. Now, please know that this does not apply to your pastor's sermons. Just wanted to mention that. That's when he prayed, but starting in verse 17, we see what he prayed, which 
is interesting on his face because he kept asking that God would give them wisdom and revelation to know him better. Now that's interesting to me. And here's why. Notice what he didn't pray. He didn't pray that God would provide them with next month's rent. He didn't pray for financial provision. He didn't even pray for a physical healing. His prayer was that they would know him better. That's very interesting to me. Then in verses 18 through 21, he prays that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened to the hope to which God had called them, and in the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable and matchless power for those who believe. That's not all. You'll forgive me for sounding like an infomercial, (laughs) but there's more. He then goes further describing God's great power, and this is extremely important, as being the same as the strength and the power that he had to raise Christ from the dead. I want you to hang on to that. That's going to come back into play here momentarily. Not only did this power raise Christ from the dead, it also seated him at the right hand of the Father in heaven, far above all, all, the demonic powers. And Paul even delineates them as rulers. These are the rankings. I hope you understand that in the spiritual realm, there are different rankings like that which we would see in the military. And Paul delineates them here. He says there are rulers, authorities, powers, and dominions, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present, but all eternity. Christ has been raised above all those powers. Think about that. Well, it gets better. In verses 22 and 23, Paul ends by declaring that God placed all things under Christ's feet, appointing him the head over everything, specifically as the head of the church, which is his body and his fullness, such that he fills everything in every way. That pretty much covers it all, doesn't it? Now, this is when Paul prayed, and this is what Paul prayed, but here's what's fascinating. It's why Paul prayed what Paul prayed. If you'll permit me, for the remainder of our time, I want to answer this why question in terms of why pray. I don't, I don't mean it in the sense of why bother? Why pray? God's just going to do what God's going to do anyway. Why pray? I don't mean it so much in that way. What I mean it is this way. 
It's the why of prayer. We know that we're to pray, and Jesus taught us even how we're to pray, but what may be the missing jewel here, if I can say it that way, is the why. We need the why, and I want to tackle this why question and answer it in this way. Simply put, the answer to why pray is because of who we pray to. Let me say the same thing in a different way. Why we pray is because of who we pray to. That's why. That's why. I want to explain that if you'll bear with me. You've heard this saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. (laughs) I know people in high places. I got connections, you know. Do you know who I know? (laughs) How about this one? You know who my daddy is? Oh, yeah. You don't know who I know. It's not what I know, it's who I know. All I have to do is say the word. That's all I have to do, is just say the word. And by the way, when I do, (laughs) there's a heavenly hush, as it's been referred to. You know, one of the things that's really striking to me, actually quite stunning if you think about it, is that our prayers are so special to God that they're fragrant before His throne. Think about that. When we pray, it is a pleasant, aromatic fragrance that is pleasing before the throne of Almighty God. When I was a little boy, my mom, who loved me very much, can't blame her, um, okay, I was a mama's boy, whatever, but she would always tell me that she just loved to hear my voice. And she just loved it when I, you know, would uh, talk. And certainly as I got older, she would call me, she would use, you know, guilt, of course, the gift that keeps on giving, as every mom is very apt at doing. And she would go, and she would talk with that thick, high-pitched soprano accent, you know, why don't you call me? I want to hear your voice. (laughs) I can still hear her voice, wanting to hear my voice. It brought her great joy to hear. And then, you know how it is, your your parents would always say this to you, particularly your your mom, you wait till you have children of your own. Right? Can I get a witness here? (laughs) And, you know, when you're young, you're like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. And then you have children of your own. You're going, oh my goodness. (laughs) I just, anyway, I have... um, I'm not going to go there. That's uh, enough of my problems. But I have children on my own. Let's just put it that way. I love to hear their voice. It brings me great joy as an earthly father to hear them talk 
and certainly to have them ask me for something. It brings great joy to me. So here's the thing. If we really knew who it is that we're praying to, not only would we pray more, we would pray more better, (laughs) more bigger. I know it's not good for an Arab to try to talk pigeon, but there you go. No, think about that. True? Am I right? If we really knew who it is that we're praying to, wouldn't we pray more? We have access to the one who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, Almighty, we have access to His throne of grace, and we can approach His throne of grace confidently, boldly, not arrogantly, confidently. We can have the confidence that we can ask Him for anything. That's who He is. And that's who we have access to as our Heavenly Father because of Jesus Christ the Son. And what do we do? You know that uh, hymn, I just thought of this, what a friend we have in Jesus. You know that uh, verse in that wonderful hymn that goes something like this, Oh, what peace we often forfeit because we don't carry things to Him in prayer. Oh, I, I shudder to think how much in my life I have forfeited because I've not prayed. I made this comment at one of our prayer meetings, and perhaps this is as good of a time as any to share it again. But if you were to ask me what my one regret is, looking back at the over 35 years that I've been walking with Jesus, what my one regret would be, if I had to do it all over again, what would I do differently? You know what that is? I would have prayed more. I would have prayed more. I wonder, I wonder what God could have done had I prayed more. My only regret. My only regret. There's an interesting story that's told of Alexander the Great. He's known, of course, for conquering the entire known world of his time. In fact, when he ran out of countries to conquer and empires to conquer, uh, it's, it's reported that he actually wept. And that's what he's known for. But what he's not so well known for is that he was actually very compassionate towards his people. As the story goes, he set aside one day a year and called it Compassionate Day, in which he would randomly select people from across his kingdom and allow them on that day to ask the king for a special request that he would grant whatever it was. However, most people would only ask for such things as food, clothes, money for medicine, 
and the like. That is until one particular year when a peasant requested that he be given a large palace with a large banquet hall so he could host large meals for all of his friends. To the astonishment of all present that day, Alexander the Great granted his request. When the king's men asked him why he would grant this man's outrageous and extravagant request, he told them that all the people are asking for are mundane things, things that they could ask just anyone to give them. They don't need a king to give them such things. Anyone with extra goods could do that. This man is the first man that's really made me feel like the king I am. For only I can grant such a request. Wow. I wonder if we're honest with ourselves. We need to ask ourselves this question. When we pray, presupposing that we pray, what do we pray for? The question can be answered in this way. Who we pray to should determine what we pray for. Every day is compassionate day with our King of Kings, is it not? And think about this. Don't we have unfettered access to ask him for anything at any time? I heard one Bible teacher paint this fictitious scenario on the canvas of an illustration by sharing about how this guy comes and he's getting ready to pray. And God takes notice. Here's JD. He's getting ready to pray. Shh. Gabriel, Michael, get over here. JD's about ready to pray. Get the heavenly host, the angels given charge concerning him. Get ready. You ready? He's getting ready to pray. Whatever it is that he asks. Let's do it. You ready? Wait for it. And here I am. Lord, thank you for this meal. Bless this food to my body. That's it. That's it. After we accept Jesus into our lives, we start a journey of faith with him. We don't always grow in our faith, though. Pastor J.D.'s messages in the book of Ephesians encourage us to continually seek to grow deeper and deeper in our relationship with our Savior. We can't get comfortable and complacent in our walks. By spending time with other believers, diving into the Word, and spending time in communication with Jesus, we'll continue to grow closer to Him. We're so glad you tuned in to Pastor J.D. Farag's teaching today. We'd like to tell you how you can access additional messages. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. Take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
This app is free and provides you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and even the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mid-East Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. looks into the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Join us on Facebook as well and keep up to date on everything that's happening at In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for joining us today. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Ephesians next time on In Spirit and Truth.